Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us to listen to this message. Whoever you are and wherever you're listening from, we trust that you'll be equipped, envisioned and encouraged as you listen today. Our purpose this morning together is that we are, we're here to break bread together. That's our purpose this morning. Um, when, you, when you read the, the book of Acts, it says that the believers gathered on the first day of the week to break bread together. Okay. It doesn't actually say they, they, they met together for a nine-point sermon <laughs> and uh, 30 minutes of worship and 20 minutes of prayer. Yeah, their purpose was to break bread and to remember everything that Jesus had done. And that's our purpose together today. We're going to uh, uh, use as a springboard to our breaking bread together a scripture that's part of, the, part of the Christmas story and found in the Gospel of Luke. So perhaps we can turn there and we're going to read a little bit of a chunk and uh, then just pick a few things out of that which are going to help us as we remember all that Jesus has has done for us. So I'm picking this up in Luke chapter 2 and going to start reading at verse 21. So this is about a week after Jesus has been born. Eight days later, when the baby was circumcised, he was named Jesus the name given him by the angel even before he was conceived. Then it was time for their purification offering as required by the law of Moses after the birth of a child. So his parents took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. The law of the Lord says, if a woman's first child is a boy, he must be dedicated to the Lord. So they offered the sacrifice required in the law of the Lord either a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him and he had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day, the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people, Israel. Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them, and he said to Mary, the baby's mother, This child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall, and many others to rise. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your very soul. Anna, a prophet, was also there in the temple. She was the daughter of Phanuel from the tribe of Asher and she was very old. 
Her husband died when they had been married only seven years. Then she lived as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but stayed there day and night, worshipping God with fasting and prayer. She came along just as Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph, and she began praising God. She talked about the child to everyone who had been waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. When Jesus' parents had fulfilled all the requirements of the law of the Lord, they returned home to Nazareth in Galilee. There the child grew up healthy and strong. He was filled with wisdom, and God's favour was on him. So we've got this little account in, uh, in Luke's Gospel in the days following the birth of Jesus, and this is almost, almost can seem like a bit of a sideshow to the main event that's just happened in Bethlehem. It's almost like we've got these characters we've been introduced to uh, in, in Simeon and, and Anna who've almost got like these cameo roles in a, in a film. You know, it's just a little walk-on part and then you never hear from them again. But, um, but th- the record of what happened when Mary and Joseph presented Jesus <coughs> at the temple is there in scripture for a reason. And, uh, and it's some of that that is really good for us to explore today. And we're going to use that as a bit of a springboard into our time around the Lord's table. We see Mary and Joseph in this scripture taking, taking Jesus to the temple in Jerusalem. Jerusalem is about six miles away from Bethlehem. It was then and it still is now. <laughs> and, uh, so it wasn't, it wasn't an enormous journey they were making, but it was a, you know, it was, it was a, good, a good walk especially if you have not long had a baby. And, uh, and the purpose for taking Jesus to Jerusalem was for, the, for a purification yeah. ceremony right. that was given by, uh, by the Lord. And we can read about that right back in the book of Leviticus. Yeah. It's actually, it was all to do with the purification of ladies who had had babies. Mm-hmm. That, that was the purpose for the, uh, for, for the visit to Jerusalem. And... Um, so Mary and Joseph you know, turn up at the temple in, uh, in Jerusalem and they, and they just so happen to bump into this man whose name is Simeon. And there's much that we can learn about Simeon today and the attitude he has. You see, Simeon was a man who, like Mary and Joseph, was a devout follower of God. Just as Mary and Joseph followed the law and the requirements given by the Lord all those years before in the time of Moses, Simeon also was a man who, who understood the law of God. He understood scripture. He understood scripture in more than a way which, which touched his head. He understood scripture in a way which touched his heart because he did something about it. And um, he, was, he was described as being a righteous and a, and a a devout man. He lived out his faith in, in, in the Lord. He was convinced because he'd studied the scripture that one was coming to the people of Israel who was called the Messiah. He believed it was happening. He saw it was a promise of God, but he didn't, didn't retain that purely as a head knowledge. This is happening and there's nothing I need to do about it. He is described in this chapter as being one who is eagerly awaiting the coming of the Messiah. Eagerly awaiting. You know, in the run-up to Christmas time, we can often find, particularly 
particularly our children, but not just our children, hey, Stephen, <laughs> are, are eagerly awaiting, <laughs> are eagerly awaiting Christmas Day. You know, there, there, there is a real active watching and waiting, you know, as, as the preparations get made, as a little bit of excitement starts to stir in the hearts and as you see presents under the tree and there's this event going on and there's something special here and the day is coming, the day is coming. And uh, if you have kids and there's a long Christmas holiday before Christmas Day, you'll know that that active waiting and that active watching can sometimes be too much, can't it? <laughs> you know, praise the Lord for short Christmas holidays before Christmas Day, I say. Yeah. <laughs> but he, he was actively waiting and watching. So what does, what does it mean? What, how can that help us in our attitude? What does it mean for us to be actively waiting for the fulfilment of all of God's promises? Are there, God's, are there any of God's promises over our lives and over our situation which we've not yet seen fulfilled? Are there things that God has spoken to us individually? Are there things that God has spoken to his church that we've not yet seen in all its fulfilment. And that being the case, what is our attitude towards that? Are we people who can be completely passive about the whole thing? And say, oh, when it happens, it happens. Or can we be people who say, well, okay, that's God's word to me. I'm going to hasten the day. I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to make this come more quickly. I'm going to welcome um, this promise that God has over my life. What about, for example, what about the return of Christ? That's an unfulfilled promise of God at the moment. We've been talking and thinking about the return of Christ in these last few weeks before Christmas. What can we do to hasten the day? What about the maturity of the church? The scripture says, we look in Ephesians, Ephesians 4 particularly, that gifts are given to the church in order that the church is presented mature. Well, we can look around the world today at the church and go, well, how, is, is the church there in all its fullness and all its maturity? Well, something needs, something needs to change. It's a promise of God. It's an unfulfilled promise of God at the moment. But what is our attitude in, in the waiting for the fulfilment of that promise? The Old Testament scriptures, uh, particularly in Isaiah, talk about the glory of the Lord filling the whole of the earth. Yeah. That's something we're going to see. We, we can look around at the moment and say, we can see places where God's name is not honoured in the earth. But that is going to change. What are we doing to hasten the day? What about the message of Jesus being preached with signs accompanying? Jesus sent his disciples out um, as part of the Great Commission and uh, said, you go into all the world and, and preach my name. In other places he said, and as you do that, there'll be signs accompanying your preaching. Well, we've not seen that in all its fulfilment yet. What can we be doing to hasten day? What is the state, the status of our eagerly waiting for all that God has promised? The other thing that Simeon did, when we read about him in Luke 2, is that he recognised the thing that God was doing and he embraced it. In Simeon's case, he literally embraced it because he took the baby in his arms. And we, he did what you do to babies. You know, he embraced it. 
but he saw the thing that God was doing and he embraced it. One really interesting thing about the, the book of Luke is it starts off talking about um, John the Baptist. And it talks about how John the Baptist, who is regarded almost as the last of the Old Testament prophets, is born to a couple, uh, Zechariah and Elizabeth. And they're described in the book of, uh, in the book of Luke. It's in, uh, just if you want to check me out, it's Luke 1, verses 6 and 7. And it says that they are very old. <laughs> okay? And then you get into chapter 2, and you, you're introduced to Simeon. And he's described as being really old. <laughs> and then you get talked about Anna just after that. And she's really old. Now, what is it with all this ageist language in, in Luke? Why is he just insisting how old everybody is all the time? But, you know, I think there's some purpose in that. Yeah. Because, um, because a new thing was happening. And the thing that was old was, was going. But a new thing was coming. But the really important thing about all of this is... Is, is the old, the old people, <laughs> Zechariah and Elizabeth and Simeon and Anna, were not, were not the old people who were, who were kicked into touch mm. and a new, better thing was coming. No, in their example, they embraced the new thing. Yeah, um, that's right. yeah they, they were old, that's right. but they were em completely embracing of the new thing. Yeah. And um, what a lesson mm. for, for all of us. We can expect to see new things in our own day, can't we? Um, not new means of salvation. Not new means of being right with God. But we can see new expressions of life in the Holy Spirit. We can see new giftings for those who are part of the body. That's you and me. Um, we might be, see new means of teaching as our world changes in the way it communicates yeah, who can imagine, really, the way the world communicates now, even five years ago, let alone 10 years ago and 20 years ago, just the explosion of, of information and data on the internet and the ease with which you can talk to people thousands of miles away. <laughs> you know, I talked to my daughter, Naomi, who's in Australia. She's 10,500 miles away, and we can have a conversation like, like I could talk to Dave now. Um, incredible. New things are happening. Yeah. What's the new thing that we see God doing at the moment? Maybe there's a new thing that God is doing among this body of believers. Yeah. Maybe there's a new thing that God is doing in this town. Yeah. Are we ready to embrace the new thing? Yeah. Are we ready to be forerunners yes. in embracing the new thing? Yeah. When Simeon <laughs> went to the temple and saw uh, Mary and Joseph and the baby, the baby would have looked like every other baby. <laughs> it was only the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that revealed to Simeon there was something different about that baby. There was nothing different in his appearance, but there was something different because the Holy Spirit said, this is the one, this is the Messiah. And, and Simeon acted upon the Holy Spirit's instruction. And he lifted the baby up and blessed Jesus, blessed Mary and Joseph, and spoke some words over them, which meant that, well, in a way that he was a, a, a forerunner, 
You see what I mean? He wasn't waiting for someone else to do it. And then say, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> we can get behind that. He was saying, no, this is what the Holy Spirit has revealed to me. This is, this is the one. There will be situations, I believe, for, for us in this town as we begin to unlock what it is for the kingdom of God to come among us where we individually need to be forerunners. We need to seize them and just step into it. Say, that's what God has told me. I'm, I'm, I'm stepping into this. You know, every time the Holy Spirit speaks and every time God does a new thing, it needs people to be obedient, to recognise what he's doing and say, I don't understand all of this, but, but I'm stepping into it. Yeah, the Apostle Paul wrote that, that when we prophesy, we only prophesy in part. You know, we don't have to know the beginning from the end. You know, I, I was reading about Simeon this week and thinking, I wonder how much he really understood about God's eternal plan of salvation through Jesus. Probably not everything. You know, there was a, uh, there was certainly very much a, um, a feeling among many of the Jews that when the Messiah was coming, he would be a, you know, a king riding into the town who was going to win the battles, uh, you know, physical, not really realizing that actually what he'd come to do was win a much bigger mm. spiritual battle. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure that Simeon didn't understand everything yeah. that um, that Jesus was coming to do. He prophesied in part, but he was obedient to the Holy Spirit in doing that. When Jesus came, he came not to abolish the old things, not to abolish the old era, but to fulfil the new era. And as we in in this town, in this congregation, and as part of Living Rock Church, we are going to see new things that we need to embrace. What about new congregations? We believe that over the next year and years, there will be new congregations to be planted in in other parts of uh, not just this county, but the counties around about us. What about new locations? You know, we, we maxed out at about 150 people in this room uh, on Christmas Eve, didn't we? Yeah. we? There wasn't a lot of spare space. Um, we, we'll need a new, con- a new location. Oh, man. Okay. It requires change. What are, what are we going to do so that we're ready to embrace the new thing God is doing when he tells us it's happening? What about new giftings? You know, we, we really need a body full of people yeah. who are moving in the gifting yeah. and the anointing yeah. that's given to them by God. Yeah. New callings. Yeah. As God says, no, I want, you to, I want you to step up in this. I want you to serve here. Yeah. I want you to pastor that person. I want you to disciple her. Yeah. Yeah. New callings. New callings for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. We really need to hear the voice and the word of God together, the prophetic word of God in all of our congregations. That that means that there were people who are already part of our body who need to step up in their prophetic calling to hear the voice of God and to be ready to embrace what God says to us and to speak it out. That needs to happen. We believe that 
um, that the foundation of the church is based on the apostles and the prophets, we can expect to see an increase in the number of people who are prophets to the church. We can expect to see more people recognised as apostles to the church as the church increases and expands. That's, that's part of the word of God being fulfilled. We can expect to see new authority, new spiritual authority in congregations, in our congregation and congregations. We can expect to see people laid, uh, have hands laid on them into the various offices within the local churches as deacons and as elders. We can expect that to happen. There'll be change. Let's be people who embrace that change. One of the one of the really um, Notable things, almost a fact of life, is the older you get, particularly in church life, the more difficult it can become to embrace some change. Because, hey, that's how we always did it. <laughs> but you know, instead of harking back to a golden age that really was never quite so golden anyway, <laughs> let's be ready and let's be, Praise God. make ourselves, as we grow older, to embrace change, Amen. not to see change as being a throwing away of the past, mm. but an embracing of all that God is yes. doing in, in the future. Amen. It's good. That's good. We will increasingly need to be able to recognise and respond confidently to the voice of the Holy Spirit. This is so important for us. I just want to give a real, um, just echo what Stephen said a few minutes ago. Whenever we bring a contribution to the body, it is, it's always something that builds the body. And therefore, if we are holding back, we're not just selling ourselves short, in a way. We're selling our family, our church family, our brothers and sisters short. Let's, let's be quick to respond to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And, you know, I believe that as we do so, we will find agreement among us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as we hear the voice of God, there'll be something that stirs in our spirits where we can say, yes, that is the word of God to us. That, yeah. Yeah, that really resonates with me. Yeah. That's just what happened with Anna in this account in, uh, in, in Luke 2. You know, it's written, the way it's written is quite... Um, you can kind of see the funny side of it a bit, in that, in that Simeon is there at the temple and he's blessing Jesus and he's talking to Mary and Joseph and bringing this amazing prophecy. And it says, uh, oh, and Anna happened to be there. She just happened to be there at the time that, that Simeon was talking to, to Mary and Joseph. Well, she didn't just happen to be there. She was there because the Holy Spirit had, had inspired her to be there. But, but she was able to immediately affirm yes. the words that... Um, that Simeon brought to Mary and Joseph. You know, there's a part for us all to play as we listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit together. And then Simeon made this amazing declaration before the Lord. This is really the final thing I want to be able to say today. He says, Sovereign Lord, let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation which you have prepared for all people. He's a light to reveal God to the nations. He's the glory of your people, Israel. 
Simeon made that declaration to the Lord that was completely born out of his relationship with his heavenly father. There are things that God had revealed to him and Simeon had hung on to these words that God had spoken to him and was now repeating them back to him, saying, God, this is what you promised. And now it's happened. Thank you. (laughs) Now let me die in peace. Everything has been fulfilled that you said was going to be fulfilled. He'd stated the truth of what he'd seen. He'd stated that um, the truth of all that God had done. And Simeon's declaration can be our declaration today. Yeah. Yeah? You know, if we are followers of Jesus, this is exactly what the Holy Spirit will have revealed to us concerning Jesus. Yeah? I have seen your salvation, which you've prepared for all people. That is something which, when we came to faith individually, the Holy Spirit had revealed to each of us. He said, here is Jesus. Here's the means of salvation for for all people, and that includes you. (laughs) And we responded to that. The the statement that Simeon made on on that day is no different to the declaration that can stir in our souls today, Mm. and particularly as we gather around the table now. We say, Father, we have seen the salvation in Jesus that you have prepared for all people. Thank you. Thank you for that. You know, and just to to repeat again, as we do this today, we we are breaking bread together. There is power today in our agreement around the table. That as we can individually say, We've seen your, I've seen your salvation. We can together say, yeah, this is what we've seen together. We have seen Jesus. The one who was promised from so long ago. He's come to us. (laughs) He's come to us. Our king has come to us. He's brought us salvation. Mm. He's brought us new life. He's brought us full life in the spirit. Yeah. What a thing to thank him for. So I wonder whether we can stand together. We're going to bring surf bread and wine in our rooms uh, today. But I wonder, as we do that, whether a number of people could lead us in prayers of thanksgiving for all that Jesus has done for us. Yeah. The other thing I just want to add as we break bread together now is that God is doing a new thing. If we've been people who over even the last few months have had a relationship with God, which we know has been blowing hot and cold, God can do a new thing. Yeah. God can do a new thing. This table, this meal is for people who, who say, Jesus, I want to follow you. Jesus, I believe all that you've done. If we come to him with a heart full of repentance, he will forgive us. And we can share this meal as someone who is saying, Jesus, I'm following you. I'm following you. Thanks for joining us today. There's so much going on at Living Rock Church and we'd love for you to be involved. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching. Visit www.livingrock.church or search for us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram.